Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. It's so good to be with you guys this morning. Hey, uh, today is, is a great day to just continue what we've been talking about for about three weeks now. We've been in a series called Framework. Now, first week, I put a, a picture frame up here, and I talked about the picture, the life that we're trying to live out, the, try, the life we're trying to create, the, the, the picture that we're trying to paint for, not just ourselves, but for other people. And I said, what holds that picture together, the life, the marriage, the, the career, is the framework around that picture. And I said, what is the framework of your life? That's the question. It was a bit of a deep question for us to probe a little bit deeper than our Instagram image or our our Facebook profile pic, but to really put it out there. Hey, what is it that's framing this entire life of ours? We talked about that the first week. Last week I said, what's the framework of your family? A lot of times what we're building in regard to family and marriage is based off what we didn't get when we were growing up. How many of you have ever thought about the future but compared your future to what you grew up in, and all of a sudden you've got a different viewpoint about whether or not you want to pursue that thing. For example, marriage. Maybe your family didn't come from a great marriage. And so you think of marriage in that framework, and you say, well, I just don't want to have a bad marriage. So that's the foundation of your marriage, just not having a bad marriage. Anybody been there? It's the same way with children. I want, you know, I want my kids to grow up this way, or when it comes to finances, I don't want my... uh, finances to be run the way I saw in my home. And, and so we're starting off a lot of times from a bad picture of what was not God's picture. And we're trying to paint something that God wants us to live out, but we don't have the clear framework of what it's supposed to look like. So we've been talking about that for about two weeks. Today I'm talking about the framework of our Christianity, the framework of our faith. And I want us to look at the life today of a man named Abraham that we'll find in Genesis chapter 12 here in just a second. But when we think about big picture Christianity, when we think about our lives, living out our faith, we have been saved, and when we are saved, God sends us. So let me make that a little bit clearer for for us this morning. God saved us not just so we would come to church. God didn't save us just so that we would have an incredible experience during worship. God didn't just save us so that we would be saved from the hell that we came from. Amen. I mean, that was good, but that's not the only thing he saved us from or he saved us for. When God saves us, God sends us. And all throughout Scripture, when we see God's people and people that he uses, people that he saves are people that he sends. He never simply says, you're saved and we'll see you in eternity. God bless you. He blesses people so that they will now become a blessing. He saves people and they in turn become sent people. Right? So let's think about that in this context. It's easy to come to a church, especially a a church that that feels healthy and, and seems healthy. And before you know it, to just kind of blend into the crowd and kind of feel like if you're, if you're not careful, oh, well, it, I'm here for the vibe. But those people, they're, they're here to do the ministry. They're here to help the people. They're here to sing. They're here to park cars. They're here to help the kids. But me, I'm, my vibe is just 
catching the vibe. And that's what, I, that's what I do. And before you know it, five years goes by, and you're just still catching the vibe. And you've not stepped into something more significant that God has placed in your life and on your life. And it has more to do than, than just with personality traits and, and whether or not we're comfortable with or, or around people. It has more to do with us understanding that God has uniquely gifted and wired you for something that has unique and specific contribution in this earth. You and you alone. Not what your neighbor has, what you have, what God has put in you, what God has put on you. Right? I mean, I could be a decent parent to your kid, but you could be a far better parent to your kid because God put them under your care. And he uniquely wired you to be what that child needs. And he put gifts and talents in you that that child needs. And it's the same way when God looks at the world. God doesn't save his children and tell his children to ignore all the other people in the world. In fact, the lostness out there and the brokenness that we see out in the world, that actually is far more of our responsibility than I actually think we give ourselves credit for. God saved people to send people so that sent people would see more saved people. God saved us to send us to see others saved. And if we don't get that in the framework of our Christianity, then Christianity really just becomes about, usually comes about to be about one of two things, either a pursuit of knowledge or a pursuit of experience. And so when we don't feel like we're learning anymore and ah, I think I'm going to blow that church off, I'm going to go over here and learn from this. Ah, I don't even know if I want to go to church anymore. I'm just going to watch it on television. Ah, I don't know if I want to do that. That's kind of boring because I don't meet people. I think I'm going to go over here to this church. I think, and we're, we're chasing knowledge or the other side is that we're chasing experience. Ah, I don't feel like what I felt when I first started going to church. Oh, I don't feel like what I used to feel in worship. Now that that, do y'all hear how Ryan was hitting that high note? Nothing else will do. Right? If, let's say Ryan is at the other campus and he's not here. Oh, I don't like it anymore because Ryan's not here. When he sang that song, man, I felt the presence of God. It was just so different. But now that Tony's singing it, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. I don't even know if you sing. Do you sing? You sing in the car. I see your Insta stories. So you sing in the car. You sing. I think we should pull you up here and see if God has put the gift of singing on Oh, uh, look at those mean Christians out there clapping their hands. They want to shame you right now. They want to shame you. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. God saved you so that you would live as light in a dark world, so that you would live found in a lost world, so that you would be empowered more with a sense of, of mission and purpose and contribution rather than just living with a sense of accomplishment. Because really, that's what starts to happen. The older you get, you just keep wondering, am I, am I doing this right? <laughs> you ever notice as you're getting older, you keep wondering if you're doing it all right? If you're smart, you're asking that question. <laughs> I've got kids, but am I doing this right? <laughs> am I raising them right? And career and family and accomplishment can give you a sense of, okay, like my, my hands are tied. I'm I'm busy. I'm busy. Oh, yeah, that whole thing with what's going on in the world, all that craziness and the lostness and the brokenness, <clears throat> that's somebody else's responsibility. That's not mine. Uh, that's the pastor guy or the guy at the church. That's somebody else's job. But, but really, 
It's our responsibility. And if that doesn't frame our church, then this just becomes another place we consume. You know, go forgive the expression, but it's like cattle that will just come in and eat and go out. And I'm not saying you look like a cow, by the way. I'm just, I'm just saying. I said, like cattle. We will just come in and graze and, eat, and never really step into why God created Grace Avenue. Why God placed you here. Why God put gifts in you. Why God gave you the experiences that someone else next to you didn't have. So it's not just about being saved. It's about being sent and tapping into that. Genesis, we read about this with Abraham. Abraham is in a situation where he himself is unaware of a whole lot that lies in the future. Anybody ever been there? Maybe you're there now. What does the future hold? Abraham is in the same position. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. He doesn't have a Bible. He can't Google what God's plan is for his life. He can't listen to a TED Talk to figure out what steps he should take. He literally has to hear the voice of God for himself and make a decision based on what he believes God is calling him to do and step out and trust God with anything and everything that's in him. Let me pick up in Genesis chapter 12. It says, The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country. Go from your people. Go from your father's house to the land I will show you. I think it's interesting. He didn't say, all right, here's the perfect plan. This is how it's all going to work out. Now I want you to go. Because that's what we would want. We want to know how much it's going to cost, how long it's going to take to get there. Is it going to work out? Is it going to be successful? What are people going to think? We don't want to work out a whole bunch of how long do I have time to tell people this crazy decision that I'm making? We want to cover a whole lot of things before we take a step. But that's not the framework that God gives Abraham to step out. He gives him the framework of this. Go. That's the first word. Go. Which means get unseated from how comfortable you are and go from your country. Now, what does the country represent? That's familiarity. Citizenship. Come on. You know where the nearest Whataburger is close to your house. You know where that is. He's saying, leave the land of Whataburger and go to a place where there is no Whataburger. See, some of you just got it right now. You're like, oh, man, God is serious, man. That's serious. No Whataburger? Jeez. Go to a place that's unfamiliar, a place that you don't know. And then he goes on and says, leave your family, your people. Who are our people? The people who love us. The people who accept us. The people that know the good, the bad, and the ugly. The people that deal with us. The people that put up with us. Come on, if you're sitting next to them, just tell them, hey, I put up with you for a long time now. That's what family is. We deal with each other's inconsistencies and shortcomings. We understand we have different strengths and weaknesses. We understand we're overcoming. That's what family and friendships do. I'm talking about friendships who operate like family. People who are in our world, he's saying, I want you to go away from that. Go away from the land you know. Go away from the people who, who love and accept you for who you are and know who you are and know your best interests and have your best interests in mind. Leave them as well. He says, leave your father's house. What's that? That's your backup plan. 
That's where when you know you don't have the tools in your garage, you go over to dad's and you think he's got it. And then you just take it and then he can deal with it later when he figures out it's gone. Call you, son, have you seen my wrench? Nope. I have no idea, man. Did you borrow it? Nope. Got me a whole tool set that way through my 20s. I think he figured it out, but I never admitted to it. From your father's house, that's where you spend your holidays. That's your backup plan. That's the place where you know, you know, if it all falls apart, I've always got whatever that is to you. That could be the friend. That could be the dad. That could be an aunt. That could be a grandma. That could be mom. That could be somebody. Leave that as well. And then do what? And just do what I put before you and trust me. See, when you're single and when you don't have two dogs, two kids, the backyard to mow, the trash to take out, the job to worry about, it's a lot easier to make decisions that are like radical faith decisions. Radical faith decisions mean I've got to think about, I can't even go out of town without thinking about the dogs. Who's going to take care of the dogs? Like when my wife says, do you want to just get away? I'm like, Who's going to take care of the dog? Like, what do we, we got, we got to figure out these dogs and these kids. Like, we can't just go. We used to just be able to go. <laughs> Remember that? Some of the single people have no clue. You're like, or no kids, no dogs. Remember those days? They're over. They're gone. <laughs> Till Jesus comes, those are gone from your life. Be blessed because they ain't coming back. This is what God does when he calls people. He calls them away from the familiar. He did this with the disciples. He tells Peter, what does he tell Peter? Come from fishing and I will make you a fisher of men. I'm going to take some of what you're used to doing, but we're going to use it in a different way. Now it's going to be used for the sake of humanity. Not just putting money in your pocket. What does he tell Isaiah? He tells Isaiah, hey, guess what? You're going... But all these people, they're going to mock you. They're going to ridicule you. They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to care what you have to say. It's basically going to be a fruitless effort. That's basically what it's going to be. And what does Isaiah say? Here I am, Lord, send me. Same with Abraham. Same with Moses. We see there's this constant going when God actually saves someone. When someone actually encounters God. Not when they believe in God. Abraham believed in God. Not just when people hear about God or know about God. When people have an encounter with the living God, things change. And when things change in us, God gets our attention. We're woke. We get awareness. It switches on. Things change, and all of a sudden, we're listening in a different way. We see people differently. We treat people differently. It just starts to happen. See, God calls you when he calls you to leave some things. And he calls you to do some things. And he calls you to leave the familiar. Why? Because saved people become sent people. So that's the first point I'm making today. God saves you to send you. Let me go on to verse 2 here. I'll make you. He's telling this to Abraham. I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great. Now, if he had just stopped right there, I think that would have been a nice American church doctrine right there. Man, I'm going to be blessed. My name is going to be great. I'm going to be an influencer. And 
Look at all that. He's going to make me into a great nation. Greatness all over my life and everything about me. And everybody's going to know me. And everybody's going to know my name. I'm going to have a billion followers on Twitter and a billion followers on Instagram. And everybody's going to want to be my friend on Facebook. And I'm going to delete them and deny them all. Deny, 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 deny. Because I just got so many people because I am great. And then what does he say? He wraps all of that up and says, all that greatness is for this so that you will be a blessing. What did that mean? It meant that blessing was not simply for our sake. It was for the sake of people who we would encounter. He says, and I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. And so Abraham went out as the Lord had told him. Listen to that. So Abraham didn't spend seven years praying about it. Abraham did not have to go to coffee 32 times to talk about it. Abraham did not put a post to get some sympathy likes about a decision that is more about obedience than affirmation. He probably ran it by his wife because that's a safe thing to do. But aside from everybody else, Abraham, it says, went as the Lord told him. There's some things in your life where you're not going to have time to do anything other than go. Because you've been sent. You already got the green light. You got the green light when God said, this is an opportunity for you to be a blessing. And he calls us to go. Now notice in verse 4, God is, is speaking to Abraham, but he just speaks to Abraham. He doesn't, he doesn't cover the bases with all the other people. He didn't say, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm calling you. But hey, I just want to let everybody know I'm, I'm calling her. Don't get upset. Don't think bad of her. He didn't try to keep the the feathers from being ruffled as he was calling someone. He called someone and then knew that when he called them, that would ruffle feathers. It would upset some people. Come on. The moment you hit like the the late 20s age and you start talking about shifting careers, how, how nervous do your parents get? Oh, I don't know about that. Are, are you sure about that? And, you know, I don't know. You know, that, that's pretty risky. Come on, right? You got your parents here. You don't want to nod your head. That's okay. That's okay. I know how they think, and that's okay. Thing is, they did it too. They were risky too. But things get comfortable, and things do get safe, and things start to lose that dangerous edge. And, and if we're not careful, our Christianity becomes like that. Church is comfortable. We don't want to reach out. We don't want to join a connect group. We don't want to start a connect group. We don't want to sign up to be a connect group leader. We don't want to help people. We just want to graze, feed, experience, blessed our life to be great and call it church and miss the true mark of why Jesus saved you. He saved you to send you. Abraham at this time is 75 years old, okay? So no excuses here that you're too old. No excuses. Abraham is 75 years old. Come on. Imagine if your grandfather at 75 years old starts talking about taking on a new venture in life. I mean, imagine it's the 4th of July barbecue. And y'all are sitting right there. And grandpa just starts to talk out of his mouth about some crazy dream that God has given him. And he starts to tell you that he's going to sell the house and leave what he's known 
say goodbye to the familiar and the family and the grandkids and everybody. Imagine grandpa as he's putting delicious brisket into his mouth at that moment. Is in between bites when he tells you, I'm leaving it all. God has given me a new dream. How many of you would be like, okay, grandpa, let's take your beer away. No more beer for you. And let's go take your nap. Come on. And your medicine. Come on, grandpa. Come on. Lay down. Here you go. Tuck him in. Right? We think he's crazy. We think he's nuts at 75 to be dreaming a new dream, to be starting something new, to be hearing from God. Grandpa, you're not hearing God. You're not hearing God. How many of us have disqualified ourselves at 21 or 31 or 41 or 51? And here's Abraham at 75. Stepping out faithfully, obediently, passionately to do what God has asked him to do. See, sometimes when God asks you to do something big and daring, we forget that it comes with this package of unfamiliar and unknown and that it requires faith and that fear is part of the normal process and that giving off an air of insanity and irresponsibility sometimes is part of the deal. Number two, God will call you to leave the safe and familiar. God will call you to leave the safe and familiar. When he saves people, he sends people. That's point one. Number two, when he calls you to leave, he calls you to leave the safe and familiar. See, I've learned that fear is normal and a lack of faith is normal. It's it's normal to feel those things. But it's very costly to stay there. Because without stepping out, it doesn't produce in you the thing that God is trying to jumpstart in you, which is faith and trust in where he's taking you. I mean, I think back to when God called us to start Grace Avenue. And just, you know, this is one of three services today. We're starting a second community in five months We have all kinds of things happening that we've been praying for for years. And years went by before we saw any harvest in some of the things that we were praying for. And I think, what if we had not made the decision? What if the dry years, the harvest years that weren't happening were the years where we said, you know what? Maybe it's time to give up. Maybe, maybe this, this was God just for a season. So you can talk yourself out of things that God has called you to. You can talk yourself out of it. And you're probably the most convincing spokesperson in your life in those moments. And you can tell yourself. Yeah, God, God you can even spiritualize it. God has me doing something new. Really? Or are you abandoning the thing that God has called you to do? See, God works in the unsafe, the unknown, and the unfamiliar areas, the places that we don't like to dwell in, but the places where the promise lies. He says, go to the land where I'm going to show you. Abraham didn't even have a map. He just had God. And that's what safe people get comfortable with, God as the map. God's voice as the direction, God's leading, God's spirit as the blinker that tells us which way we're going next. Every miraculous thing that Jesus did started with an uncomfortable, unfamiliar, unknown situation. 
most situations that people would have written off and said, man, there's, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way Jesus could do something about this. But God gave Abraham promises. And God worked in Abraham a brand new sense of understanding what faith actually looks like. That it's not this perfect map of arrival. It's trust day by day by day. So what is God trying to work out in you? What is God trying to work out in you in this season? As a dad, as a mom, as a married couple, what are you resisting? What are you pushing back against? It was quiet, but it got real quiet when I talked about that. Can I encourage you not to waste any more time bickering between yourselves, but but to get on the same page about God's plan for you together? Can I tell you, you are wasting time? Actually, I can say that. I'm your pastor, so I can say that. You are wasting time. And who's getting hurt? It's not just each other. It's the generation that's going to be blessed beyond you making this decision. See, when I hold out on the promise God has called me to, I'm actually hindering people who God has called me to bless. It's not just my kids and my life and my, my life that's affected. It's the people that God has in the path. Every business that starts that blesses people because God initiated that that person would start that business, people were blessed. Look, look somebody started Whataburger. Before you put that in your mouth, somebody started obediently. And you thank God every time you take that first bite. <laughs> or whatever. Whatever your favorite place is. It started with someone stepping out. And when it comes to the things God calls us to, it starts. And here's the brilliance of God. God knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that he has to call us away from the familiar. How many of you have ever, how many of you have ever tried to change your life in front of your family? In front of people who are familiar with you? In front of people who know you, who start to throw jabs and side swipes. Oh, you're getting healthy this time, huh? Oh, you're starting to diet again this time, huh? Oh, you're going to go back to church again, huh? Oh, God's working in your life again, huh? See, we've all got familiar voices like that. And what are they doing? They're trying to keep us back from the thing God has called us to do. Whether they know it or not, they're actually working against the thing that God has called you to do. You'll get stronger as you don't care about affirmation and care more about obedience. Is this okay? All right, we good? We good? All right. Last quote here. People familiar with you want you to identify with who you've always been, but God wants you to identify with who he's created you to be. The bench is getting real warm with you sitting on it. And you're collecting a lot of dust while you're there, contemplating and thinking instead of stepping out. See, Jesus came from what was familiar into the unfamiliar so that he got out to show us that we can get out. We have to get, a, we have to get out. Being a blessing means sacrifice. So when we start talking about 
adding another service or a second community. It starts to, to shift the way we do things, and it starts to get us to think beyond just the seat what we have, just the service that we have, just the people that we know. Think about it. In five months, there'll be a second community of Grace Avenue, which means some of the people in this room that you're used to seeing all the time or through three different services are not going to be here anymore because they've been saved so that they can be sent. And if we don't keep that mindset, then it just becomes sterile, stagnant, dead, insular, boring, predictable church. Where there's no risk, there's no faith. We're calling it faith, but we're not taking any faith steps. We're gathering amongst ourselves, high-fiving ourselves, and we're basically, in essence, saying that world out there can fend for itself. Somebody else's problem. Can I tell you that the darkness that came after you in your life isn't going to take a time out in coming after someone else's kids or coming after your kids or coming after your coworkers? You know, I think we would like to think as, as adults when we come into Christ, well, kids, I learned all these lessons so that you don't have to. How many of you know they have to go learn their own lessons? As much as I like to save my child from things, it's only their relationship with God that keeps them grounded and stable. I can't save my kid. God has to save my kid. I can't keep my kid from these things. They have to walk through these things. This is part of the beauty of, of being sent is because God will plant you in unfamiliar places. The job you're in is not as bad as you think. It's just unfamiliar. The season that you're in is not as bad as you think. It's just unfamiliar. The decisions you have to make, yes, they're hard. Yes, they feel confusing, but they're not as hard as you think. They're just unfamiliar. And it's in those places that God's going to shape you and show you how his promise will come through. I want to close in this moment and ask all of us to bow our head for just a moment. Close our eyes. I came at you this morning with a thinking message. I wanted you to think, think deeply about your Christianity. Think deeply about the framework of your Christianity. Is it just so that you would be blessed? Or is it so that you would be a blessing? That you'd be a blessing to others? Have, have you stepped over that line and into that place where you say, God hasn't just saved me for me. God has saved me so that I can be a blessing to someone else. See, some of you this morning, I feel, are waiting because you feel you're not healed enough. Or you don't feel you're worthy enough. Or you don't feel you're, you know enough waiting for God to bring it all to you. And God is saying, I want you to go. And I want you to trust me. I want you to trust where I'm leading you. Does it matter if you can't see it? I want you to trust me. Father, I thank you for every person here this morning. Every individual. Every family. Lord, when you call us, we experience salvation and transformation. But Lord, we know there's more than just sitting there and 
gaining knowledge and gaining experience. There's the faith element to our life that calls us to go because we're sent. Lord, for some of us, that's very difficult right now in the familiar places that we are. God, I pray that you would strengthen, encourage, and let courage rise in people who need to make decisions to break away from what's familiar and to trust you in the unknown. Just in this moment for everyone, if, if you could keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for just a second, how many of you would say, man, I, I'm in a familiar place, but I know I'm supposed to be in an unfamiliar place trusting God. For some of you, it may be a major, major shift and a major decision. For some of you, it's just a matter of stepping over the line. But you know, that's, that's where you're at right now. If that's you, would you just lift your hand so I can see who I'm praying for this morning? Thank you. Beautiful. Hands everywhere. Come on, we all, we've all got these things just on the edge. Come on, as moms, as dads, as couples. Come on, I want to encourage you. I'm your cheerleader. I'm for you. God is for you. you got community around you. You're not alone. You're not the only one in this position. So I'm going to ask God, and only if you want this, I'm going to ask God to bring courage in you like there's never been courage before and for you to see as clear as clear can be because that's what it's going to take. Abraham saw what was ahead without seeing a clear picture. It wasn't a map. He saw God. So I want to ask that you see God clearly and that courage rises in you. Come on, church, just pray for those who raise their hands. Lord Jesus, you see every hand in this place, God. You see faith-filled individuals right now coming to a crossroad, to an intersection and a place of faith where they need to cross over and trust you, God. Trust that you're with them. Lord Jesus, I ask courage to rise in every individual here. Lord God, let it rise and strengthen their mind and their heart. Lord, let them see so clear the purpose and the pathway of God. Let the confusion go in Jesus' name. Let the fear go in Jesus' name. Let faith rise and distinguish them in this season from the past. God, would you set a solid foundation under them and build the framework of their faith to be something that lasts in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen, 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 church. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.